Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Now, Lindy Sisson has a career in the arts with particular focus on dance and theater and performing arts for young audiences. My history is a showbiz family history. My father was a lawyer and a burlesque comedian. My dad's motto was really to make a difference in the world and have as much fun as possible doing it. So I just said what I wanted to do and had the opportunity. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? As a parent myself, one of the things I feel that's extremely important is for your children to have self-esteem and confidence. I've run into adults in my life who have not been able to make their dreams come true because they don't have those two things. That belief in yourself because you have other people believing in you makes a huge difference. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Monetizing Your Creativity. My name is Fred Keating. I'm co-producer, co-host of this lovely podcast. My partner and co-producer and co-host Marvin Polis is elsewhere in North America today, seeking out other interesting interviews and individuals to share with you. I happen to be in sunny Maple Ridge, British Columbia, and I'm sitting in the conference room of the ACT Center here with executive and artistic director of the ACT Center, Lindy Sisson. Now, Lindy Sisson has a career in the arts that spans a variety of artistic disciplines with particular focus on dance and theater and performing arts for young audiences and youth participants. But the reason we're here today is because Lindy Sisson is also one of those rare individuals that's managed to be successful in an arena where she gets to practice her passion for dance, in this case, as well as exercise administrative skills and a deep appreciation of the business of show business. Lindy, that having been said, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This should be interesting. Now, you heard me just describe you as someone who balances performing arts and administration, but the administration position that you have also has a variety of creative aspects. Could you tell me what you do as executive and artistic director of this lovely center? Okay, well, first I'll describe the ACT Arts Center. We have two theaters here, one 480 seats and one 140 seats. And the studio is very flexible. It's used for classes as well as presentations and conferences, and we can turn it into sort of a black box as well. But we also have a beautiful art gallery, and we have art class program rooms. So there's a 3D clay studio, a media lab, and two art program rooms. And we do the arts programs for the whole region, actually, in Pitt Meadows and Maple Ridge. And so it's sort of a full service art center and we have a beautiful lobby as well. So there's a lot of community activity, most of it arts, but also we have all kinds of different rentals here for everything from receptions to business meetings as well. And unless I'm mistaken, I think I've seen the interior and the exterior of this center in a variety of film and television series, is that right? 
Yes, actually, the film industry is helping us to keep afloat um, and make progress in this business. We've had a couple of really good years since the dollar has reduced again. This conference room was actually the Oval Office in the White House. I tried to get a picture of myself behind the desk, but they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> yeah, it's security, security in your own building. Tell me, I guess I know you as a dancer and as a performer and as a choreographer. When did the arts bug first bite you? And have you found or did you find parental support uh, for what you wanted to do? Well, my history is a showbiz family history. I grew up in Peace River, Alberta, and my parents founded Peace Players. It was a community theater group. And my father was a lawyer and a burlesque comedian. And he produced a show called Sorry About That. And it was a vaudeville, British Music Hall, burlesque comedy review with a chorus line. I think the chorus line was just there so the comics could change their costumes and change the sets. <laughs> and it was a family affair. My mother did the box office and my dad produced the show. They did skits together. And when I was old enough, because the dance teacher left town, we only had a dance teacher for about four years, I just volunteered to choreograph because I love dance so much. And one of the things my mom observed is that I was too young to know it was difficult or that this was a big deal. So I just said what I wanted to do and had the opportunity. So that's really a very lucky circumstance. So I choreographed musicals and the review and eventually I was in the chorus line and then I went to the University of Alberta and studied theater and after I studied theater I actually studied dance at Grant McEwen because I discovered that I'd rather dance on stage than open my mouth on stage. <laughs> So, um, yes, my parents were extremely supportive. My dad's motto was really to make a difference in the world and have as much fun as possible doing it. And because I had that huge supportive theater group and was surrounded by talented adults, including Jim Robertshaw, who later became the head of culture in Alberta, that that was the caliber of actor. And it's funny, yesterday, one of my employee's cousin turned out to be uh, a person who moved to Peace River after I left. And when they found out who my father was, they were so excited and they were talking about the caliber of the theater in Peace River. And so I had that really high bar to start with, that great support from my parents and the feeling that I could do anything I set my mind to. So as a parent myself, one of the things I feel that's extremely important is for your children to have self-esteem and confidence. And I've run into adults in my life who have not been able to make their dreams come true because they don't have those two things. And I don't know if you can overcome that as an adult. I have seen people who have, but it's very, very difficult. So, you know, having that belief in yourself because you have other people believing in you makes a huge difference. Your advice then to listeners who don't have that support, what steps could they take to generate or find in other places the kind of support that you've just described? Wow, that's... That's a huge question, isn't it? Um, you know, I think you have to think about how you want to live. And the world is a really difficult, complicated 
place. Everyone has different circumstances. And I am very lucky in my job right now. Well, in the last 20 years, part of my work is going to see work around the world in conferences and festivals to bring to either the Vancouver Children's Festival, which was my last big job for 10 years, or here at the ACT, which I've been at seven years. I was at Womex, the World Music Expo in Budapest, and I met a young band named Sarabi from Kenya and they are a young band that came out of the slums and their whole message is youth for youth and they have risen out of no support yet they were able to you know find a community center which had music and they met each other and they found their passion they believed in themselves and they worked together so you can find your family you can find your arts family you can find whatever area you're working in if you don't have support in your own family you need to go out and find it elsewhere and find like-minded people and then what is the difference in the world you want to make and how do you want to live personally do you want to live by these dictates of our capitalist society that says that this particular thing should be your goal you know for me it doesn't feel right in my soul to like if i didn't have health care the universal health care here I would feel horrible that other people couldn't have access to the same health care that I have. And I'm so happy that I live in a country that, you know, that's one of our values. But, you know, we have to change the values of, we, we have to generate that. And I think that's why I love working in the arts, because artists can take those messages and make an impact in the rest of the world about what values can change the world to be a better place for us to live in and connect in and value the earth and the animals and each other more than just living for yourself. So, you know, an artist's life, if you don't have those values, you're going to have a hard time because you're not going to have, you know, necessarily the house with the lawn and the, you know, the or, or whatever this dream is that other people have. You know, I am very lucky because I, I do. I've worked in this business since my first job was at the sub-theater at the University of Alberta. I learned so much there because... I had a job that I had to do the rentals, the promotion. I got to learn about curation. And since that time, I've been very lucky because Edmonton was an amazing place in the 80s. It was a, a place of opportunity for the arts. So I eventually worked at the Citadel, and then I got the Children's Festival job there. If I hadn't got that job, I never would have run the Vancouver Children's Festival. So you never know what's around the next corner. So maybe to come back to your question, it's living with a dream, but not connected or really marrying yourself to that outcome. Because how do we know what the best outcome is? You might think this is the thing you really want, but then all of a sudden some other opportunity comes along and you take that road instead and something other amazing thing happens to you. And so if you marry yourself to one ideal, you'll be disappointed or you'll miss another opportunity. So having that open-mindedness as to what might be possible as opposed to a narrow-mindedness of, oh, this is my path. So I think creative people are much more open to that than certain professions. You know, and certain personalities are better suited to, okay, this is my job, this is what I'm going to do every day. In my job, man, you got to have plan A, B, C, and D, 
And you can't be a perfectionist or a control freak. You have to build team. You have to get people invested in their jobs and give them, what do they say, the rope to hang themselves as well as the, the stage to, you know, star. <laughs> so that, you know, everyone you're working with brings something to the table and then the banquet that you create is way more than you could have ever imagined to start with. I want you to describe for me how you've brought this full circle, your parental support with your own initiative and desire to create and the support that you're going to offer, in fact, have been offering your daughter. Tell us about the show that is currently in rehearsal and how that came about and how it brings everything together. Now, quit laughing because you knew I was going to ask this question. Okay, but that's a million questions. Yes. Okay. Well, first, first off, yes, once you find your group and your passion, then I really want you to try to inspire others. And so I just want to say about Sarabi, they have a movie out about their journey, and it's called Music is Our Weapon. And their whole thing is now lifting up the youth of their community because they didn't have that support. Now, to my daughter, so she grew up at the Children's Festival. And, of course, I've supported every kind of arts thing that she's ever wanted to do. And now she's a graduate of SFU in visual arts, actually. And so what is she to do next? Am I to pull the rug out from under her and say, okay, University's over. You're you're on your own. Well, well, no. There has to be a period of time between that schooling and what you are going to then do as a career, or how you are going to cobble together the different things you do to make a living. So. That's the thing. You have to try many different things. Now, my daughter, I think, learned from me the idea of going for it. Any idea. So one of the things that people might say about me is that if you have an idea and you, you want to talk about it or get support or figure out how to make an artist wants to figure out if they, they want to do a show in a tent or they want to have a new circus contraption or they need to do a technical theater residency. Well, I've been putting out there, look, I have this great space. You know, at the Children's Festival, I had tents here. I have a theater, whatever. And it's taken years, but now I'm going to have a dance residency for a technical production aspects of a dance company in the fall. I helped Leaky Heaven Circus produce their first outdoor circus presentation, and they won a Canada Council Award for um, Young Audience Production. I'm a kind of person that likes to help other artists get their ideas figured out and onto the stage or into the next stage. Um, so Sydney watching this, Sydney is my daughter, she has brought together her people. So now she runs events in the hip-hop community in Vancouver and she brings together young fashion artists, um, hip-hop artists, DJs, dancers, and they run events in alternative spaces and they're not necessarily making any money, but they are working together to build their own craft and support each other. And, you know, then they were invited to TEDx talk. Uh, they, they did the market for that. She was just involved in the Vancouver Mural Festival doing some small panels. But these small things may seem like a lot of work right now for a not a lot of money. But I believe that they build your skills, your connections. Every time you do one, you learn something. Like this time she learned a lot about installation. And then you'll be invited to do other things in the future. And her hope is to go to, well, she's applied to an artistic residency in South Africa. 
and we've applied for a individual artist grant from the BC Arts Council for that. Hopefully they will support her to do that. And the thing is, she'll be leaving town and I will miss her like crazy. So we have decided to do a show. <laughs> That's what you're referring to. And it is called, I Have My Own Steps, Mom. <laughs> and it's about how I got into show business and how she got into show business. I had my Peace Players Burlesque history and she has had her children's festival arts history. And so it's a mother-daughter variety show. We will do some of my old dad's vaudeville skits. We will do Al Gilbert's jazz techniques, which is how I kept dancing after the dance teacher left town. And there's audience participation, so people will be asked to do some of Al Gilbert's moves with me as I listen to them on his record. Sydney will do her dance styles. So when I tell people she's a whacker, nobody knows what the hell that is. So Whacking is a style of dance, like voguing, new jack swing, and I can't remember the other one she's doing. But she will explain today's street dance styles and demonstrate them. And then we have a little finale dance together where we're each doing each other's styles. And I tell you, my friend Jack Langedike, um, who's a fabulous theater artist in Canada, he said one of his favorite things is rehearsing. And I now remember it's so much fun rehearsing and putting it together and working. And so to get to work like this, with my daughter is so wonderful because I had that opportunity with my father. It just meant the world to me to work with him on the show and now I'm working on a show with my daughter and so that's a thrill. Thank you very much. Now anything else you'd like to add? Well really it's all about storytelling and all artists have a story to tell in their different mediums and so yeah this is a bit of a family story and I think through that sharing there's so much learning and that's sometimes where the passion comes from to share those human experiences. Thank you so much Lindy Sisson for being with us. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.